All right, we started last time looking at lesson number 10. You didn't get any sheets, okay. I'll talk to the secretary. Right here, here's some. Couple extra. Okay, perfect. We're still looking at lesson number 10, so if you have lesson number 10 from last week, you are in good shape. Uh, but if you cleaned out your Bible on the second Thursday of the fourth month of the seventh week, uh, then you will probably need one. Everybody's got one, everybody's good? All right. Uh, so as we talked about it, I just want to kind of uh, mention a few things. I was just kind of thinking through some things and, and kind of uh, looking at our lesson. So I just want to reiter reiterate a few things. So open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. That's where we began the last time we were together. And, and we'll just look at those and kind of refresh our minds about this. Uh, but Colossians 2, verses 16 and 17, uh, they say this. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in question of food and drink, or with regard to festival, or new moon, or Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Now, as we look at this, we're reminded that the people of Colossae had the, the false teachings that were coming in, that were being taught there, and they were leading people astray. And some of those false teachings were, were kind of Judaism-based, and they said, hey, you need to keep the festivals, you need to keep the new moons, uh, you need to practice the Sabbath, you've got to do all of those things. So there were yearly things that they needed to do, there were monthly things they needed to do, and weekly things that they needed to do. And these Judaizers were proclaiming that you're not truly saved if you don't do all of those things. You're, you're lacking if you don't do all of those things. And so Paul is addressing that. Now, as we think about legalism, and that's kind of the mindset here of, of Judaism and, and the way it was affecting the people of Colossae, uh, but legalism is really just a religion of a human achievement, isn't it? I mean, that's, that's basically legalism in a nutshell. What can you achieve? Not worried about the heart, not worried about the mind, but just worried about what you can do outwardly. What can you do? And that's the, the mindset of, of legalism. Now, as you think about human achievement, what is so, what is so appealing about that? Pride, okay. All right. Satisfying self, okay. Uh, I've checked all of the boxes, okay? We think sometimes about the way that legalism can sneak into us. Uh, think about doing our daily devotions, okay? If we have one of those reading programs and we're looking at the reading program, we're making sure we check all of the boxes and man, we check that box. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, like this. And then we want to make sure that others know we've checked our boxes. Howard, did you check your box? I checked through mine. You're lacking. I'll pray for you, brother, because I'm on the level and you're not. Okay, so that's how legalism does. And it does puff us up, doesn't it? It does, it does make us feel good. It does build us up. Uh, and that is and that is the mindset of, of much of legalism. And, and this is what's going on here. As they're looking at it, they're saying, you ate that? You, you ate that? You shouldn't eat that. You know, all of us who are spiritual, we just eat salads. Do you drink coffee with caffeine in it? You can't, you can't do that. Spiritual people drink non-caffeinated coffee. And, and that's kind of the thing that pushes on. And then I begin to look down my spiritual nose because I drink decaf, right? And the rest of you all don't. So I look down my spiritual nose and that's what legalism does. And that's how legalism uh, works in our hearts. Now let's open our Bibles to Titus 1. I know this is not in your notes, 
but I just want us to look at Titus 1. This is Paul writing to Titus, and I think that's why they named this book Titus. I could be wrong, but Titus was a young pastor. And this is Titus 1, verse 14 and 15. Now, what is Paul's burden here for Titus, according to verse 14? He says in Titus 1, verse 14, uh, not devoting themselves to Jewish myths, myths and commands of people who turn away from the truth. To the pure, all things are pure, but to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but both their minds and their consciences are defiled. Uh, Look at verse 13 there. This kind of gets us in the context better. This testimony is true. Therefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in faith, not devoting themselves to Jewish myths and the commands of people who turn away from the truth. So as you look there at that verse, and especially verse 13 there, uh, what is what is Paul telling Titus? Okay, he's talking about sound doctrine. And as we begin to pursue these things of legalism, what happens to our sound doctrine? It begins to fail, doesn't it? Because these things of us, these mindsets of us, decaffeinated coffee or else, that becomes our focus. Where is the gospel of Jesus Christ in decaffeinated coffee? It's not there, is it? So, so instead of focusing on people looking and trusting in Christ, I'm worried about decaffeinated coffee sales. What good does decaffeinated coffee sales do for eternity? The big bagel. I mean, that's it. That's it. Can, can we do that? Can that be a temptation? Okay, maybe not decaffeinated coffee, but maybe Dr. Pepper. Okay, that's our pursuit. The holy people only drink Dr. Pepper. Uh, and if that becomes our pursuit, if that becomes our focus, so easily our mind is taken off of the gospel, isn't it? Uh, and and that's, that's really what legalism easily does. And, and he says here, not devoting themselves to Jewish myths and to the commands of people who turn away from the truth. So those myths, those, those teachings of man can turn us away from the truth. And that's not an unhealthy thing. That's not a healthy thing. And that's, that's what Paul is proclaiming and sharing with Titus. All right? Any thoughts about that or any questions about that? So thankful that that was only a concern in the early church, right? So thankful we don't deal with that. <clears throat> it's alive and well today as ever, isn't it? It is. It is. There, there are a lot of people out there that think put legalism in the category of obedience, too. Certainly. certainly. So they can twist that certainly. around. Yeah. But yeah. when it's about self, right. that is... Right. And, and really, you know, there's some, there's some things that are out there. Okay, let's, let's just think about the decaffeinated coffee. Uh, how many of you guys have heart issues? Decaffeinated coffee is not a bad idea, is it? I mean, honestly, it's healthy. But when that becomes our, when that becomes our focus, and it's, instead of it's, it's good for me and it's what I need to do, and it becomes, hey, it's what everybody else needs to do, uh, and we're not concerned about the heart issue, then that's when it becomes legalism. 
And, and when we're careless or we don't care about the heart, when the heart is not an issue, that's when that transfers over. And it's kind of like fishing, isn't it? There's a thin line between fishing and sitting on the bank looking like an idiot. <laughs> Am I right? I mean, most times you can't even see the line, right? And, and that's the way it is as we think about legalism. There's, there's a fine line between, hey, I'm doing this because I desire to be obedient. I'm, my heart desires to be obedient. I want to encourage others to be obedient. There's a fine line between that and legalism. And it's just one step away is, is really where we're at. All right? And as when we step over that line, then we get away from the truth. Okay? Now, let's drop down to number five there for a second uh, on your sheet. We looked at this last week, but uh, this says, number five says, what does Paul share with the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 8? So look at 1 Corinthians 8, verse 8. 1 Corinthians 8, verse 8. It's kind of amazing as we look at Scripture, and we've talked about this before, but it's amazing how some of these themes just seem to be themes that everyone was facing. Uh, the people of Corinth were facing it just as the people there in Colossae were facing it. But this is 1 Corinthians 8, verse 8, and it says this, Food will not commend us to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat, and no better off if we do. So let's go back to our decaffeinated coffee. Does decaffeinated coffee really make me closer to God? Okay, it doesn't. Uh, but as, as I think about that, uh, I need to make sure that my heart is right, okay? Uh, and and make sure that that's seeking God, that that's looking to God, and not relying on my having pleasure in decaffeinated coffee is the thing making me closer to God. Uh, so really, that's what we've got to do. So that's what Paul is telling the people there in Corinth as well. The Jews needed to give up works. Oh yes, yes. This is one reason they were uh, so working so hard to get into the church. Right. Right. That they did under the old covenant, the law, which was works, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And they, they, they wanted to uh, try to turn that in as works instead of grace. Yeah, exactly. And and the, the battle really was works versus grace. Yeah. I've, I've done my whole life under this works, you know, under the law, I've lived my whole life. Now this new covenant, and you get the easy way out, you know. Uh, you should be circumcised. You should have to do this. You should have to, because I did. So that's not fair that you're under grace, and I'm under grace too, but I've got all this other stuff too. So you've got to, and, and so that was the battle. And this is my heritage. And so, yeah, it was definitely a difficult thing to overcome. So, all right. <clears throat> I've been driving for the Amish locally, mm -hmm. uh, just recently again. And they're a perfect example of legalism okay. because their local bishop determines what their actions should be. Okay. The strange thing about that is you cross the state line in Indiana and Ohio, they have entirely different laws. Yeah, right, right. And and you know, there's there's other the Amish are an example of that, and, and there are other denominations that are examples of that as well. And and like I was visiting with somebody after Sunday school last week as we talked about this. And they said, you know, in where the way they were raised up, you wear these certain clothes to church. That's what you do. And 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 his question was, is that a bad thing? 
And it's only a bad thing when we see that, hey, they're not wearing the proper clothes. I wonder if they're saved. That's where the problem comes. And his mindset is, hey, I'm saved by grace through faith. I'm going to wear these clothes because I feel like this honors God. But this is, you know, this is the way it is. Uh, I remember my dad one time, uh, someone came to him and said, uh, you're making the pastor look bad because you wear a coat and tie every Sunday. And the rest of us don't. And my dad simply said, hey, this was the way I was brought up. You wear a coat and tie to church. And he said, I just can't undo that. He says, I don't look down on you because, because you don't. Uh, but, you know, it wasn't a salvation issue at all. It was just a matter of this is, this is how I prefer to dress. Uh, and so it is a fine line there. But once we turn over to that salvation part, we're in trouble. Now let's look at Colossians 2, verse 18 for a second. Colossians 2, verse 18. Uh, Colossians 2, verse 18. He says this. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up with reason, without reason by his sensuous minds, and not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grows with the growth that is from God. Now, as we look at this, uh, what is wrong with the worship of angels? Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, I was really expecting the answer everything. <laughs> uh, uh, look, look over to Revelation 19, verse 10 here. Revelation 19, verse 10. Uh, Steve is absolutely right. Uh, they are created beings. Uh, you should have no other gods besides me, right? Okay, so God is the only one that deserves our worship. Uh, sometimes as people look at angels, and as they think about angels, they, they see them as great beings, and, and really all they are is messengers of God. But there is angel worship that goes on. Uh, we see it today, and this was something that the people of Colossae were facing as well. Uh, but look at Revelation 19, verse 10, and it says, Then I fell down at his feet to worship him. This is John, the Apostle John. I fell down at his feet to worship him. It was an angel. And the angel said, You must not do that. I'm a fellow servant with you, and your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So as I see this, and I think this is the way it really reads in the Greek, hey, get up, you're going to get us both killed. This is not good. I mean, what has happened when people worship false gods? Remember all the guys that worship Baal? Yeah, that was not good, yeah. There's a, there's a number of them that were struck dead because they failed to worship the one true God. They failed to worship the one true God properly. And this angel's like, no, you can't do this. But that is something that was going on in Colossae. They were, they were very, uh, you know, Greek-minded and, and had other gods that they worshipped. And angels was one of the things that they worshipped. And, and, you know, that's something that we see today. Angel worship is, is something that takes place. And we hold angels in high esteem. But, but they are created beings, just as, uh, just as Steve said there. That's where they are. Now, notice it says, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind. Uh, so there were even there were even claims within Colossae that, hey, I've had this vision. 
God has told me this. God has shared this with me. And as they had those visions, those visions weren't lining up with Scripture. Uh, they were they were not accurate. They were not true. Uh, look over to Hebrews uh, chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 1. Verse 1. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. It says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed, the heir of all things, through whom he also, through whom he, uh, through whom also he uh, created. Uh, now, as we think about this, this is sharing with us that at one time, God spoke to his people through visions. But God doesn't speak that way to us anymore. He's spoken to us through his son, uh, and he's revealed to us and manifested to us the things of God through his word, uh, or through his son, and then through his word. So that old saying, when you want to hear God speak to you in an audible voice, read God's word out loud. That's how we hear God speak to us today. Uh, and, and so that is something, and, and we see that still today, people claiming that they have visions. They, they see Mary on a piece of toast, and this is God speaking to me. Uh, eat more breakfast cereal. Uh, you know, that's, that's kind of the thing that goes on today. But, but we have the completed work of God. So we want to know what God says. Everything that we need is right here uh, given to us in, in his word. Uh, and so uh, as Paul is speaking about this, he's like, hey, you know what these people say they have visions and they're better followers of Christ than you because they because they have these visions. He said, Don't let them disqualify you because of that. It's not accurate. Don't don't do that. But but yet it was happening and, and we do see it today as well. Uh, look there, look there, it says uh, verse 19, not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body is nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grows with a growth that is from God. So what is Paul's answer here instead of those other things? Hold to Christ, right? Isn't he the head? That's who we need to hold on to. That's where our growth comes from. It is, is through Christ and through our relationship uh, with Christ. Uh, look over to, look over to, to John 15. John 15. John 15 and verse 1. John 15 verse 1. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, 
he is that who bears much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Is that similar to what we see there in Colossians 2, verse 19? He says, hold on to the head and you will grow. Jesus says in John 15, hey, I'm the vine. Hold on to me, abide in me. You'll produce fruit. You'll grow. That's, that's the way it works. Yesterday, I did a wedding for Michaela Price. And uh, I think it was intentional, but the lady says it wasn't. Um, they gave me a boot mirror, and it had two flowers on it. And the one flower was a nice, beautiful rose, and it was very nice. The other one was a dangling rose that was dead, that was shriveled. She said she didn't notice it when she pinned it on my chest, but I was having a great hair day, and I think she was jealous. I prayed, I prayed for her all night last night. Unfortunately, I didn't notice it until we were doing pictures. We were snapping pictures, and I'm just like, ooh. So they think I'm patriotic in all my pictures. But what was wrong with that one flower, do you think? What's that? Okay, it wasn't pruned, all right. All right, the stem was broke, wasn't it? The stem was broke. It was still attached in regards to it, was still with it. Uh, it was a rose, but it was shriveled up. There was no life in it. Uh, the other one, you know, even though it had been snipped off, it had been attached and was growing well before it got snipped uh, and looked good. And that's the way it is for us. When once we detach from Christ, once we get away from Him, then we're not going to produce fruit. Once we hold to those myths and, and those other things, we're not going to produce fruit. People of class are saying, man, we want to grow in there. Other people are saying, you just need more wisdom and you can grow. You need to eat more Girl Scout cookies, you can grow. If you worship angels, you can grow. If you have visions like me, you can grow. Paul's saying, it's all about Christ. It's all about Jesus. Abide in him uh, because you can't bear fruit without him. All right, any questions about that? All right, that's what it really proves that sometimes I teach the teacher Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Yeah. I mean there's absolutely nothing. Yeah. Exactly. What everything Exactly. And when we get into that Jesus plus network, then we're in trouble, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. We, we are. And so that's what Paul is saying, is it is Christ plus nothing. Uh, very much so. Now verse 20 is where we left off in our study last week. Uh, and so look at Colossians 2, verse 20. Uh, it says this, If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that all perish as they are used according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body. But they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Now, as you look there at this passage, uh, how do we die to the elemental spirits of the world? What had happened to the people of Colossae? Because notice he says, uh, if with Christ you die to the elemental spirits of the, of, of the world. How do we die to the elemental spirits of the world, the elemental things of the world? What's that? Not living, in them. Not living in them, okay. By turning to Christ. By turning to Christ. 
by turning to Christ. So when I turn to Christ and I recognize Christ as my Lord and Savior, Christ plus nothing, minus nothing, Christ alone for my salvation, then that is how I turn away from the elemental spirits of the world. These things don't matter. The worship of angels, that's not, not doesn't help me. Details about visions don't help me. Being puffed out without reason doesn't help me. But if I'm turning to Christ, then, then that's where I need to be. So what was happening to the people of Colossae is they had turned to Christ, but then they were turning back and they were saying, well, maybe just one of these. Maybe I'll have just one of these. And so that's what they were doing. And so he says, uh, as if you were still alive in the world. So why are you here? You can have anything you want here with Christ. Why are you going back to these things? Why are you going back to these things? That's, that's his question. Uh, and, and that's what was taking place. These practices of asceticism uh, taking place. They were adopting, adopting a worldly system uh, of religion. And it only makes you look spiritual. That's the only thing it does is make you look spiritual. The heart is what matters. The heart is what is what matters. Okay? Uh, why, would, why would there be a temptation for them to be consumed with those things? Look at me. It all comes back to self, doesn't it? It comes back to self. And I think that's part of us as, as Americans. Uh, I think that's part of us as human nature. Is we like to earn our keep, don't we? We don't want handouts. We want to earn our keep. And so even though the, our life in Christ is free, we also want to kind of show people where we are. This is how spiritual I am. And so that's what it does boil down to us. And as we do that, we're back into to legalism. Okay? Uh, look at 1 Corinthians 6, verse 13. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 13. And we see this this theme once again uh, through this. This is similar to what we saw in 1 Corinthians 8, 8. But this is 1 Corinthians 6, 13. <clears throat> he says, Food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food. And God will destroy both one and the other. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. So again, there's that thought of the food doesn't uh, doesn't bring us bring us closer to God. Food doesn't, that outward practice doesn't help us. But it's that inward practice, the mindset, the heart, uh, that makes a difference. Because when our, when our heart's not right, uh, it doesn't matter what our actions are, none of those actions are gonna be right. Okay? Uh, Look at, let's turn over to Colossians 2, verse 10 real quick. Colossians 2, verse 10. And uh, this is kind of, as we've looked at these other things, this is what it comes back to, is, is Colossians 2, verse 10. Colossians 2, verse 10. <clears throat> It says, you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. So as we think about that verse, what is it that makes us right? What gives us a right standing with God? Being in Christ. Being in Christ. Without Christ, we have nothing. We have, we have no right standing. It doesn't matter what our tasks are. It doesn't matter what our deeds are. Uh, without Christ, we have nothing. 
All right, so as we look at these things that we've seen today, what do we take home from this? I mean, uh, we've kind of joked and we've kind of said that this doesn't happen in our day and age, but we know better than that. So, so what helps us? What do we take home from this? What do we apply to our Sunday afternoon? The preeminence of Christ. Okay. Uh, okay. Jesus Christ and crucified. Okay. Uh, and as, as we think about this book and the theme of this book, Christ, the supremacy of Christ is the theme. And, and we, have to, we have to be mindful of, of the supremacy of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like you said, whoever shall come after me must take up his cross or deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Our focus is on what Christ wants, mm-hmm. not ourselves. Right. And, and right. your motives, what are your motives in concerning right. things of the world? Is it about you or is it about Christ? Right. And so it's, you know. Yes, right. First Corinthians ten thirteen. Whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Uh, and so that really does have to be the ultimate. And when we are when we are not giving God the glory, we are stealing God's glory, and we are, we are hogging it to ourselves. And, and that should be we should be reflectors of God's glory. Uh, I guess deflectors. When it comes to us, we deflect it to God. I don't know if that's the right thought, but that's that's what I. Would About me, they're about God, and, and that is really what it's about. And it's so easy to fall into. Oh, sure, that. sure, exactly. Because, um, we, the world we like, influence and things like that. Yeah. So that's why it's so important to be in yeah. so that our focus is on Christ. Yeah. Otherwise, and I, and I mean, certainly we like compliments. We certainly like that stuff, but but really, it should be it should be all about Jesus. We shouldn't be consumed with those things, but. Uh, not what man says, but what Christ says is what should be our focus. Howard. I, when I first became a Christian, I was told Christ is everything you need in life. And I thought, and I struggled with that for a while. Mm-hmm. But then I found out Christ is yeah. Yeah. everything you need. Right, right. Amazing. And and you know, the older I get, the more I find that to be true, is that Christ is everything. Uh, I do marital counseling, just did a wedding yesterday, and and uh, I give Bibles when couples are married, I give Bibles to them and I just challenge them and encourage them that hey, all the answers for married life, all the answers for being a parent, all of the answers for being a good employee are in this book. Uh, we've just got to apply them. We don't get them by osmosis. We have to read them and apply them. Uh, but it's amazing how true that is. It's amazing how true that is. All right. Well, let's go ahead and close with a word of prayer, and I'll dismiss you early. Uh, there will be refunds available for you uh, at the door.